What's up, Cairo Sushi family? It's Tristan and Dr. Lacey with you with an alternative It's a Case of the Mondays today. So excited because I've personally been following this gentleman for a couple of years. In fact, I was almost looked like a plant on a sumo webinar to buy his software called Heyo. He did a wonderful, he was better than David Michaels, Lacey. You know how I love people that can sell. Absolutely. I, I would have bought. Crazy. That's what that means, right? <laughs> yes, you would have bought. You would have bought Heyo, which I thought was really cool because Noah already had giveaways. So I was like, this dude has to be badass if he was able to get his program into Sumo at that point. Mm-hmm. Sold that company. Uh, now he's running a, a SaaS software as a service for those people out there in our in our space who don't know that. Um, a SaaS startup, which basically collects data. It's really genius, Lacey collects data on all these cool startups uh, and you can acquire the data on on his website. We'll get into that. But most importantly, he just came out with his book, which I'm getting afraid now because I've been reading it so much. How to to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital. Wonderful book. Welcome, Nathan Lockett, today to, to our show. Tristan, Dr. Lacey, thank you so much. You know, funny story about the, real quick, I have to go to this before we start, the sales on on Heyo. You know, one of my favorite things to do at Heyo, we sold probably 10,000 customers via partner webinars to build that company. And you see on page six, if you flip to page six in the book, you see my tax return on that company in 2013 that I filed, so you can see the sales volume. Um, Our number one tactic on that was at minute 47 on the webinar, we would put up the bonus slide in the PowerPoint, let people go purchase, and I'd then unmute people who I saw purchasing real time. So I'd be like, Tristan, thanks yeah. for buying, man. Like, why'd you purchase? And you'd start talking about how you love my comb over and why, <laughs> why you bought. And I'd, I'd watch other people buying because of your testimonial. Now, when when it started to flatline when you were talking, I'd go, oops, lost Tristan on to Dr. Lacey. Dr. Lacey, why'd you buy? So it was like, it was like almost like, um, what's that? Um, HGH, what's this show online? Oh, where they always sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not HGTV. It's um, H, H- the Home, home Shopping, shopping Network. Network. Q, yeah. what's it called? Or QVC, QVC. There you QVC. go. Yeah. It <laughs> felt like a software version of QVC, but we sold like $10 million worth of product doing that. I love it. You, know, you know what I like about you, Nathan, is you're super transparent. I love, even when I, you know, look at all your stuff online, like showing your tax return, uh, showing, I think it was, you had uh, photos of the Stripe account, right? Yeah. With all the volume that you did. Like I love, and I love that you just divulged to us exactly how you did those sales. <laughs> I'm going to use that tactic. So thanks. <laughs> it worked really well. Yeah. The, the Stripe account's on page 194. And then you'll see actually, I, cause I launched that company, Tristan, when I was 19 in my dorm room at tech. Um, and you'll see on page 243 in the book in 2011, I got that big letter from eye contact wanting to acquire us. And you can see it was for six and a half million bucks. So I would have been 21 at the time and I thought my dick was really big back then so I turned the deal down but I should I should have taken it but you get the point <laughs> you can see why I like this guy in fact uh, Nathan I think is the if my memory serves me correct you started maybe maybe you didn't start it I, you know no new idea but whatever uh, but you started kind of the unsubscribe hey you're not fa- I, I, I remember copying that from you. And we're gonna get into copying here in a minute. Yep. Uh, copying that email strategy of, hey, are, are you even listening to me? Is this thing on? Like those types of emails. And I was like, this is genius. This guy, it, it came across as an asshole in a lot of ways sometimes, but I loved it because it was just so like raw. Uh, talking about your book today, Nathan. Uh, Wait, you, Tristan, you, hold on. I have to, I have to, I have to 
peel back the onion on that for a second. <laughs> that email I sent out to unsubscribe people was, you just made it sound like Jesus. I mean, it was brutal. It was like, get the hell off my list. I pay MailChimp 10 cents a month for you because you're yeah. jacking up my subscriber thing. You're not opening my emails. You're costing me money, like get lost. And what happened was number one, it was very effective in terms of open rate. Uh, but Michael Stelzner screenshotted it and put it up on Facebook and was like, this is not how you should do marketing. This is offensive. <laughs> this is horrible. And he blacked out my name and I'm like, Michael, at least give me credit for genius marketing. Like don't black out my name. He, he, saw, he saw it as like a bad thing, right? And so it's funny as everyone was emailing me going, oh my gosh, Nathan, you've pissed off like the master. Michael's like upset with you. And it's funny, Michael was one of the first people to say, Nathan, please come on my podcast. I want you to teach on Social Media Examiner everything about the book and everything. And it just hit the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. So it did well. But I guess my point in that email is in today's day and age, in order to educate, you have to entertain. Yeah. And so that, that email was 80% entertainment for yeah. to, to get me the right, the ability to then educate. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I'm taking one of your rules uh, to the core right now. I just launched uh, my basic copy of Squarespace meets ClickFunnels called Pipe Layers. And uh, I, I agree with you about copying what others are doing. That's one of your big rules in the book. Talk to us a little bit about copying others. And, and also, I want to tie it back, Lacey, to our space. We always talk about in chiropractic, don't copy others, though. Mm. So I want to hear what Nathan's take is on copying others in business world. Well, and I want to hear from Kat Sarah. I don't know if she's actually tuned. Your viewers can engage with us while we're chatting. Yes, but Kat, oh, there we go. Kat said, haters make you famous. Kat, you and I are going to be good friends. I can <laughs> feel it. Um, look, this whole, this whole copy thing, I really don't understand because I've never had a problem with it. But every time I've released a, a landing page or a product or even my podcast and people go, people go, Nathan, you copied someone. Hey, Tim. Good to see you, man. But they go, Nathan, you copied someone. And I'm like, well, of course I copied someone. You've, nothing's new today. Everything's been done. Unless you're a billionaire wanting to put somebody on Mars, everything has been done. So those people that didn't think they, they invent something brand new, unless they're like a scientist doing like PhD, they're just full of it. Right. So what's actually smart is to realize if your competitors are doing something and it's working, you should copy them fast, aggressively and unapologetically because it's working. They've already paid for the mistakes. Why would you pay for them again? And once you copy them exactly by the pixel, every single word, then add your own twist, Tristan, to make it unique. So and by the way, by the way, look at Facebook. What did it do via Instagram with every new Snapchat feature? It ripped off every snapchat feature and no one was going oh facebook's copying no mark's going i better copy them to kill snapchat i gotta kill them quick so i'm gonna copy them so billionaires copy people average people mm -hmm. should too that's how you get rich yeah, yeah, I love that. I was just having that conversation um, over dinner the other night with somebody else saying everything's already been done. It's just about your ability to deliver it in a way that it's going to attract the right people and a different audience in the way that somebody delivered it before. So I love that concept. We call it swipe and deploy. It's like swipe and deploy it all on your own. If it works, figure out how to make it even a little bit better and make some money off of it. Yeah. I mean, let me just tell you how I've copied, by the way. So this book, <laughs> this book, I, I'm going, I love four hour work week. I'm going to do exactly what Tim did. Yeah. I'm going to, so I looked through Tim's book. I mean, and you can flip through it, Tristan, as I talk about this, like flip to page 194, for example, right? You're going to see screenshots, 
Like, and they're very tactical things. And you notice no matter what page you open, yeah, there you go, right? So these are dividend checks that I got from Ning on a food truck deal I did via Facebook Watch. But if you flip through the book, on every page, there's at least one, either a headline or an image. Because my thought is, like 4-Hour Workweek, when someone picked it up off the shelf and flipped through it, they'd have to see a headline or an image that caught their attention, right? Like that and pull them in. And so the format of the book is exactly like four hour work week, but the content is obviously all different and updated for today. And it's reflecting itself in the Amazon reviews. A lot of people in the Amazon reviews are saying this feels like a great version of a new, like a new version of four hour work week. So the copying just works. I mean, it just works. I love it. Uh, you know what I actually loved? Uh, I loved rule number three. That by far is my favorite because it's so outside of the box. I mean, historically, so your rule is, you know, goals are keeping you broke. And historically, everything you read, everybody that you talk to, they say, make your goals, check in with your goals, watch your goals, go after your goals. So this concept to me was phenomenal. And I loved your perspective on it. So why don't you tell our listeners out there, you know, exactly how you came up with that and what that means. Yeah, now Christopher, Michelle and Kat, you guys are giving me all these hearts in the chat. If you disagree with me, you can put the little angry face up. I'll attack <laughs> you and I'll debate you and I'll win. But if you disagree with me, you can hit the little angry face, okay? So here's the thing with goals and systems. Um, a system you can feel progress on every day. You right. can start the day and do three things and end the day and feel progress on a system. Okay, goals, we set goals like at the end of the month, we want this many sales or we wanna buy a Rolex or go buy the dress or the suit or the vacation, right? The problem is once you then hit that goal, you then start all over again, right? You set a new goal. And the issue with this is, um, goals became like this negative cyclical loop. Whereas if you set up systems, they will produce these goals for you automatically. Mm -hmm. And you can feel a system getting deeper and smarter, right? You can't, it's harder to feel goals except right when they're met. And then honestly, you get it and then you're let down afterwards and you have to like get yourself motivated up to start all over again. So the, the thinking here, the framework I use, uh, Dr. Lacey, is um, it's kind of like focusing on the golden goose and feeding it every day, keeping that system healthy because that goose will lay golden eggs at a much faster pace, the healthier you keep it. So golden goose, not golden eggs. I love it. Nathan, I love to bring in smart people like you uh, into our, our field. Don't too much credit, by the way. I don't know about smart. But, but you know, we've had uh, uh, featured on here and featured in our upcoming summer camp. We have people like Roger Stone, which we're getting, we're getting, uh, a lot of energy for from from both sides, but we say, hey man, if he's helped get most of the Republican presidents uh, elected, we should probably listen to him. I uh, have studied Trump Stone. And I was gonna say I have studied Stone like you wouldn't believe, and you should peel back the onion on that. If you're gonna have him on, you should make sure you read the book called Bad Boy, which was Donald Trump's number one guy. It was a guy by a guy named Lee Atwater who worked very closely with Roger Stone's consulting company. But Lee Atwater was actually the guy that influenced a lot of Roger Stone. And a lot of Donald Trump. I mean, I've studied wow. these guys from a marketing perspective, like yeah. aggressively the last twelve to twenty-four months. I love that. that go, go ahead, Tristan. No, sorry, you go, Lisa. No, I was just going to say that that's the the message that we've been preaching is Roger Stone has the ability to get a message in front of people that weren't willing to listen to it before. That is extremely ap ap applicable if you're going to have any kind of business. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you need to get your message in front of people for people to buy. And so. We keep saying like Stone's a genius when it comes to that. Why would you not want to learn from him? You know, well, and, and the issue is these these marketing lessons are wrapped in polarity right now because it's political in nature. If, if Stone was doing this to sell a 
supplement product, we'd all call him a genius, right? Or the new version of ClickFunnels, we'd all call him a genius. Uh, but because it's political, it's hard for people to be a fly on the wall and disassociate themselves from the politics yeah. he's using to promote. But the, you're exactly right. The lessons are still there. I mean, I am now, I'm, I'm not been on Fox now four times since the book launch. And I feel like a mole because I think I'm probably actually a Democrat. But I go on, I go on there all the time, and 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 talk to Stu Varney on Fox Business at 11 a.m. I'm doing it again on Thursday, and um, you, you you we talk a lot about the message and the packaging, right? And it's, it is so critical. By the way, Donald Trump is single-handedly keeping the S and P right and the Dow levels extremely high just based off his. It's really just words. I mean, if you look at the underlying economics, mm. the, the, it, we're, we're bloated right now, right? We should not be at 26,000, right? In terms of the SMB and the yeah. Dow, it should be much lower than that. But because he does things that are really marketing, we're getting 20,000 jobs back at the plant that GM was going to close in Ohio. Right. That doesn't actually move the needle except for the emotional needle. And that actually drives real wealth when you move the emotional needle, even if the underlying stuff isn't actually there. Yep. Love it. Well, I was just saying, we've had people uh, like Tucker Max, who loves your book, uh, and he wrote a, glor a glorious review. Tom Bilyeu last year. I always like to ask really smart people like you, if you were given the keys to the chiropractic, I don't know what your background is or what your philosophy or thoughts on chiropractic is, but if you were given the keys to chiropractic, uh, which our biggest struggle is, we believe, is utilization. Uh, we're at about anywhere from... 2 to 8% utilization, which we consider horrendous. What does that mean? Uh, that means that eight, up to 8%. That's our, that's our market yeah. share, if you want to say that. That's essentially yeah. out of all of the population on the planet, our market share of the population is 2 to 8%. Okay. And if you were given the keys to the, to the engine, what would you do to help increase utilization of chiropractic or increase our market share? Well, hold on. So I have to ask a couple more questions here. So if I go to yeah. Cairo Sushi, how do I actually get to chiropractic? Well, Cairo Sushi is not going to – it can help you with uh, articles and content to get to chiropractic. We talk a lot about sex and chiropractic and research and chiropractic. What's and the website like that. What's that? What's the website for chiropractic? Uh, there is no website for just chiropractic. There is a multiple many organizations such as what Lacey's on is the IFCO. You go to ifco.org. I'm doing this, by the way, because the only way for me to give good advice is to actually – yeah. Look at it. Um, IFCO.org. Cairo.org, actually. Is it, what is it? IFCOCairo.org. Oh, do we change it? Yeah, it's yeah. the new website. Yeah, this one's working. Um, but but when you define utilization, though, so so I'm going to relate this to software since that's that's my world. You exactly. Know, people say people say we only have five percent of our user base activated, and everyone defines activation differently. It might be they log in at least once a day. It might be they use the sales tool to close at least one deal each month, and that's an activation. So how do you guys actually measure utilization? Lacey's always wondered this, right? Yeah, this has always been my question, and I think that there's actually no. Um, hard way that anybody measure, measures utilization. Palmer did a study, Palmer, which is one of our universities, basically they got, they had the 8% utilization. I believe it was one time a year. Yeah. I was going to say has a, a, an individual has had one appointment within the last calendar year, 12 months or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. So books through your, did you go now? Do you guys make money from that? If they have one at least appointment, they book it through you. Yeah, it, it, and this will help you, Nathan. Dental has about a fifty percent to sixty percent utilization rate when compared to chiropractic, so that that might be better. 
So okay. let me let me just be specific. Let's say there's only 100 million people in the United States. Obviously, I know there's not. But let's say there's only 100 million. You're saying 50 million of them will go do something at a dental office each year, versus only 8,000 or sorry, 8 million will do something at a Correct. chiropractor. Correct. I see. I see. Um, so so um, so your question is, if I wanted to help you drive that 8 percent up closer to 50 percent, what kinds of things would I recommend? Yeah. Um, well, honestly, I'd probably use fear. Um, so so people like you can talk about like how good chiropractic like I mean like it makes you feel and how you should like you know check in every now and then but but I think if you use fear in this setting would be much much better for example um I don't know what the actual stats are but I would find all like the negative effects that older people have right if they if they if they don't check in on the chiropractic like their chiropractic office at least once a year I'm making this up maybe their knee joints get really weak if they don't do the eagle move at least once a month at their local <laughs> chiropractic thing like look by the way I don't know what it I don't know what it is, right? I'm talking you're about good, you're good, bro. But like my point is like I would sell on whatever that fear is. Um, and I would also try and find a bit of an enemy, right? So like what's what's the opposite of 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 chiro like chiropractic? Like is there something that teaches all the opposite practices? Like for example, CrossFit might be like the opposite of like chiropractic stuff because I think CrossFit is probably really bad for your joints and chiropractic is really good for your joints, right? Or visiting one. So you then attack that enemy and by you guys attacking each other, it gets more attention. Just like this is why sports are so popular. The NFL is a multi-billion dollar franchise. So you want to basically create this competition, create a field to play on. And just by creating that board game, you'll, you'll accelerate your utilization. Beautiful, man. Lacey, what do you think? No, that's a very interesting concept. And I, I, I think that it's, it's a delicate dance whenever you're utilizing fear to sell anything, right? It has to be done in a way that's tactful um, and that doesn't actually scare people so much that they don't take action. So that's an interesting concept to think about for sure. Yeah, well, look, the things that sell the most are, listen, if you don't do this, you're going to die, right? right. Uh, by the way, this is health insurance, right? Or just insurance in general yep. is only sold off fear. You buy this thing if this other thing happens, we'll have right. you covered, right? You take this medication, because if you don't, yeah, you could die. But by the way, the medication could kill you. <laughs> exactly. So I, you, 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 I would say like, you should, you should figure out like that same thing for you. Yeah. Um, now, if I had some money to work with and I was running the organization, I would actually go out and buy things like, um, like, like uh, the, the Calm app. I'd go buy software applications. Okay. Every person that goes through your website, I'd have them like answer one question, like an exit pop-up that says, um, what apps are you using to like keep your peace of mind or keep your body mm -hmm. healthy? Let's say yeah. you get a hundred responses per month. You're going to start seeing like similar apps that your people use that are likely to go to a chiropractor. You would mm -hmm. then go buy those apps because the apps will come with a big list of other people that sh probably fit that same lookalike audience. And so I'm doing a ton of this right now, buying distribution channels to then pump your content or your product through. I think channels are more important than the product in today's age. I like that move. Tristan, we're going to be buying apps soon, just so you know. <laughs> I like that. That's that's very smart. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it works well. It works well for me. So Kat just said, fear just sold me on chiropractic. <laughs> <laughs> Good cat. So tell us a little bit about uh, um, your rule number four, because this is interesting too. Like when we're talking about distribution channels, we're talking about looking at other businesses. You say sell pickaxes to gold miners. So essentially we're talking about piggybacking off of things that already exist and finding a different strategy to make money, right? Yeah, a little bit, but but like, let me like, even at a macro level, I'd rather today be Sheryl Sandberg than Mark Zuckerberg. I'd rather be not the puppet that everybody sees, but the person that's controlling the puppet. And mm -hmm. so like today's age, like the hot thing might be like cannabis, right? 
But so instead of launching like a cannabis farm in my backyard in rural Texas, I would, I would develop accounting software for cannabis companies, right? right? Like, because then you're getting all their data, you're sitting above the market, right? Mm -hmm. And you're having a pickaxe to the gold miner. So that's the trick. A lot of people, like if you go directly into cannabis, because it's so hot, there's a lot of competition, which means there's no margin for us to make. The way you get rich is you sell the, you sell the, again, the pickaxe into the hot topic. Mm -hmm. Is there a point where you, because we see that in our space, Nathan, a lot is there's so many vendors, there's so many people selling to us. Uh, and, and, and that's one of the issues that we have philosophically with our profession is, you know, there's almost a religious component to the, the profession of chiropractic. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay with saying that. There's a, a, in our profession, there's the straight versus the mixers. The straights are the very old school, philosophically sound. We don't do anything other than check for vertebral subluxation, correct the spine, and then correct when necessary. The mixers are, here's CBD oil, here's all this other shit I can sell you, and we find that it, it, it dilutes the message sometimes. So what's the question? Well, the question is, there, is there a point where the, the picked act selling to the, uh, selling, when, when does that market become over uh, saturated? saturated. Yeah. Well, you'll, you'll feel it, your margins will go down. Mm -hmm. You'll hear your, when pe people will stop buying and they'll say things like it's too expensive. Like that's a sign that whatever you're in is getting more competitive because other people are creating the same product for cheaper and they're leaving you because you, they now view you as too expensive. Mm -hmm. Got it. Uh, before we let you go, buddy, I, I want to give us a pitch for anyone who wants to. I'm going to give away. First of all, I got a shitload of these books sitting next to me. So I was going to bring them to summer camp. Uh, hopefully we could also have Nathan maybe at 2020 summer camp. That would be awesome if we could yeah. figure that out. But uh, the first 10 to share and tag me and Lacey on this video, the first 10 will get a copy of this book sent to you by me. And then um, give us your pitch for this book. Why should every entrepreneur or capitalist have this book, Nathan? Well, let me just show you. So flip to page 220 and hold it up close in your thing. This will work for anyone watching right now, whether it's Kat, Christopher, Michelle, or anybody else. What you see on page 220 is how I went and found keywords, okay, so you can see here, and then go to the other one, yeah, to Guava Box. That's an email I sent to a company that had written a blog post about Heyo, but it, it didn't mention Heyo. All it said was the top 10 Facebook app builders, and they published it like three years, Like, and then I reached out, but this was a three-year-old article, and I said, hey, I really want to be at the top of that article because I knew it was driving my competitors a ton of traffic and I wanted to get at the top, right? So that script on page 20 is essentially a roadmap to content marketing and how to get blog posts that rank really well for whatever keywords you're trying to optimize for, how to convince the writer to go back and update that old article with your links at the top of it. Um, you know, that I think is one tactic anyone should take away and follow that mm -hmm. script to a point. Really anyone can use that in our space. Love it. There's also inside this book, I'm not going to reveal it, guys, but if you take, if, if someone with the right insight, I'll just give them an idea about the hostile idea, the, the hostile idea, dude. Oh, my God. That makes this book like 20,000 10x whatever you want to use. Because I can't, I can't believe I put all that stuff in there. But that, that idea, if someone takes it, wow. And you yeah. can have three or four different versions of it too. So well, I told people and my publisher hated the book because it's not timeless. Like it's not going to be like the Bible. It's not going to sell a lot a decade from now. And in fact, whoever buys it first has the biggest advantage because these tactics, like 
the reason you can build wealth with them is because I created them and not everyone's doing them yet. Mm -hmm. The second the book, I mean, we just passed 15,000 copies sold, right? So it was a Wall Street Journal bestseller. But the more people that do it, the less leverage. So you want to get it now, check it out. If you want a free version or free preview, Tristan, they can check it out at capitalistbook.com. Perfect. And you can, first 10 I find shared and tagged me and Lacey on this. We'll get a copy sent to him. Nathan, I want to thank you, my friend, for, for joining us today and uh, giving us some insight into how to be a capitalist without any capital. Awesome. Daniel, Kat, Christopher, thanks for joining online. And Dr. Lacey, Tristan, thanks for having me.